From Silicon Valley to Wall Street, the promise and perils of artificial intelligence are playing out on the world stage. But what will the next phase of AI adoption look like? Which companies from big tech to startups will dominate? And where do the risks and unintended consequences lie? I'm Emily Chang. Join me at Bloomberg Tech in San Francisco, May 9th, to answer many of the industry's burning questions. Alongside SNAP's Evan Spiegel, Xbox president Sarah Bond, OpenAI's Brad Lightcap, top researcher Dr. Fei-Fei Li of Stanford, and many more. More details and just a few tickets left at Bloomberg.com slash TechSF. This is A Closer Look with Arthur Levitt. Arthur Levitt is a former chairman of the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission, a Bloomberg LP board member, a senior advisor to the Promontory Financial Group, and a policy advisor to Goldman Sachs. Kara Swisher started covering digital issues for the Wall Street Journal's San Francisco Bureau in 1997. She wrote the column Boomtown, and with Wall Street Journal's gadget guru, Walt Mossberg, she co-founded D, All Things Digital, a major high-tech conference where Bill Gates and Steve Jobs once came together on stage for an historic conversation, and products such as Jawbone and Siri made their debut. The gathering, now called the Code Conference, is still considered one of the leading conferences focused on the convergence of tech and media industries, and she's now the executive editor of Recode, host of the Recode Decode podcast, and co-executive producer of this signature tech conference. She joins me now for a closer look. At last year's tech conference, everyone talked about machine learning and artificial intelligence. What were the hot topics this year? What's everyone excited about or concerned about? Well, I think uh, politics was really the focus of the conference this year. We don't have topics per se. They just sort of emerge, whatever people are talking about. And I think pretty much everyone in tech is sort of riveted on the political landscape right now. You're known for introducing new products at this annual tech conference. Mm -hmm. This year, the Android creator, Andy Rubin, debuted his Essential Phone. Right. What is an Essential Phone? Well, it's just Andy started Android, and I think it's just the latest iteration of where phones are going. I think he's trying to he had he has left Google and Google's I think investments in the company. Um, but I think they're trying to figure out where phones are going next because the real change in phones happened around the iPhone, obviously, which was about a decade ago. Um, so I think everyone's trying to figure out what phones are as we move forward, how you interact with them, what services you could bring to them a lot. And obviously this year, the iPhone is going to have a new iteration uh, coming out. Uh, so yeah, the iPhone 8, I think it is. Um, and it, it, the question is, what do you do to really take this device, which has changed everything, into the new, into the new era of computing? Do you try to make it a point to find as many women as possible to include in your tech conferences? 
Well, I don't think I don't find I think it's important to have to have a diverse group of voices speaking about what's happening in tech. This year, we happen to have about half our speakers were women, which we don't we're not always successful in that. And I'm not doing it as a pap to like, hey, we should have gender diversity. There's all these amazing women leaders. Um, And obviously, this year, gender has been a major issue, largely negative around sexual harassment issues in tech. which has really become the topic since uh, with Uber and now this whole focus on venture capital behavior, capitalist behavior. Um, but one of the things we were trying to do was sort of give voice to a lot of different leaders um, to, to, to make people understand that, uh, you know, so many of the studies around tech, around every company is that a diverse, not just women, but a diverse uh, employee base creates a better company. Um, and so it's one of the issues we focus on, obviously, and it's become a big issue this year, for sure. Do you make it a point to find as many women as possible to include in the tech conferences? Yeah, of course I do. Of course. We want to have a, we want to have a diverse, we, not just women. Again, we want uh, people of color. We want to have people of different ages. Uh, we just think it's really important to, uh, to not have this sort of monoculture of white guys in Silicon Valley. It leads to bad decision making. You know, it's, I don't have to make this argument. It's, uh, it's slightly exhausting to have to continually make it. Um, but a diverse, uh, any, any kind of diversity is usually better from a business point of view than lack of diversity. Um, just because monoculture and homogeneous thinking always always leads to not as creative thinking. Silicon Valley often thinks itself as, as a meritocracy, but it's a mirrortocracy. People are looking at people like themselves. And I don't know how you can have a fresh ideas or create innovation without a lot of uh, diversity of thinking, at least. We'll continue this conversation with Kara Swisher, executive editor and co-founder of Recode, in just a moment. This is A Closer Look with Arthur Levitt. Come on, smile. Oh, honey, he's still not smiling. Maybe he's not a smiler. Yeah, maybe he's just not a happy baby. Maybe he's just being a boy. Or maybe he's teething. Maybe it's just a phase. Maybe he has autism, and we can definitely do something to help. Maybe is all you need to find out more about autism. No big, joyful smiles by six months is one early sign. Learn the others at AutismSpeaks.org slash signs. Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council. This is a closer look at journalist Kara Swisher, the executive editor of Recode and co-executive producer of the Code Conference. She consistently breaks big stories and is the go-to source for tech news and analysis. So we've been talking about the state of the industry and its major players. I don't know if it's particular to a specific company, but certainly in recent weeks we've seen an enormous amount of publicity about the way Uber treats women. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I've often asked myself, is this a function of the CEO? Is this just the way a company grew up? Is it a function of the people they deal with? And I have to believe from my own experience in business with the right CEO, 
this sort of thing just doesn't happen. Well, you come from Wall Street, right? So you know. Yes. I mean, Wall Street was like horrible in that regard and has, I think, changed quite a bit from what I can understand. I don't cover Wall Street, so I don't know. But I think one of the issues that happens in Silicon Valley is I, th- I think Uber, of course, is the quintessence of this behavior. And obviously, it was all started off by a blog post by a female engineer who just was recounting what happened to her there. I don't think it's uncommon, and I don't think it's common at the same time. And that's hard to explain, but I think Uber is is the place where everything wrong with Silicon Valley has gone to create sort of this incredible uh, perfect storm of of toxicity. I don't know how else to put it. It's not just it's not just sexual harassment. It's it's casual sexism. It's treatment of employees. It's lack of HR for not just women employees, but men and no no good man wants to operate in a, in, in in an aggressive and toxic culture. You know, they want a culture that really does encourage people to be their best selves and this obviously wasn't one of those. But you know, in recent weeks it's also now shifted over to the bench capital industry. Everybody talks about why there aren't more women and uh, women entrepreneurs, why there isn't more investment in women. As we can see, there's an incredibly sexist personality trait within the venture capital community. Um, the New York Times and many others have, and, and information have started to write about uh, venture capitalists that use their position to, to get sexual favors. It's like insane that they do this, at this in this day and age, but they do. And so it, it creates an environment where women cannot thrive. Um, and not just women, again, people of color, all the people that are different, and creates a sort of, it's called the bro culture, you know, the bro culture. And to me, it's just men that just won't grow up and want to continue to engage in kind of juvenile behavior. I don't think it's specific to the tech industry. I think if you went back 40 years. Uh, sure, 40 years. In American Absolutely. industry. Absolutely. That was 40 years ago. Precisely the same yeah. thing. So uh, this and we've is, gotten better yes. in that area. Yeah. I think it does have to do with a great CEO and not just that systems that are in place that, you know, you know, there's sexism going on at Google, there's sexism going on at Facebook, but they have at least systems in place where they they have an ability for people to it's not a systematic um, situation. I think what happens a lot of these startups, they start and we're like, we're. We're moving fast. We're breaking things. Well, they break some of the things that shouldn't be broken, including HR systems, or they don't focus on the fact that people should have an avenue to deal with basic issues that happens when any humans get together. And there's going to be these issues. And and when these companies are 70% white men, you're going to get some behaviors that maybe you need to correct for. A lot of this stuff is formulaic. Mm-hmm. The companies decide they've got to do something. Right. So they come up with a master plan, and they spend more money on promoting that than they do on hiring women. Right. That's what I said. Someone's like, how do you get more women into tech? I'm like, hire them. Figure out a way to hire them. And then not just hire them, keep them there. I can't let you go without asking you about the latest Amazon acquisition, Whole Foods. What do you think of it? Oh, I think Amazon's the most fascinating company out there in tech, in, in period, period, of any company. That guy is, he sort of has inherited the mantle of Steve Jobs as the greatest visionary. I think what's happening at Amazon and, in the, and the way it's changed retail, the way it's changed entertainment, you know, him buying the Washington Post, him moving into Whole Foods and stuff. I think if you can think of one person who has had more impact on more industries, I don't think you could pick anyone but Jeff Bezos. And buying of Whole Foods, it's interesting because we talked about it the week before it happened, and and someone, a guest I had on just made a guess that he would do that. Um, But it makes sense. Why does He's not abandoning retail. He's just trying to find the most efficient ways to deliver 
goods and services. And and he's someone, you know, he's also in, in drones, he's in all kinds of products. And so I really think he has a real holistic look and a whole look at where industries are headed. And so I think Whole Foods makes perfect sense for them to buy. Um, you, you have to also think, will they buy more retail? Will they move stronger into that area? Will they buy more media? Um, will they start to really get into, um, they have, they missed the phone thing. They sort of messed up there with their Amazon phone um, and other devices. But, you know, the Alexa device, I find really interesting. The, the, that to me, he's on, the, I, I'm fascinated that Apple and Google let him get so far down the road without, now they're trying to catch up to him with their devices. But the whole idea of, of voice-based homes that, D- deliver services is really fascinating as you move forward. And I think I think Amazon's really, everything they do I find fascinating and innovative. And I find him to be one of the more, um, he's really an interesting man. He really is. He's the world's most interesting man, I think, <laughs> in tech at least. That's a big statement. Yeah. And I, I'm inclined to agree with you. Mm-hmm. And I have one of his boxes in, in each of the rooms in my home. Yeah, of course you do. But you've changed the way you buy. He's made you change. And by the way, he's delivering services in a way that you love, right? Like yes. you don't have complaints with it. And so I find it interesting that Trump keeps going against him. I'm like, I wouldn't bet against Jeff Bezos over Donald Trump any day of the week. Um, but it's a really interesting. And then his whole push into media has been, you know, not just not just buying the Washington Post, what he did with putting some money into it. That's a separate thing, because I think that's interesting. But what they're doing around Prime and creating shows similar to Netflix you know, they're selling toilet paper and giving you a show. And it's really, it's, I never would have thought like that. And I think he's, I, I just love watching him innovate. She was there at the start of the tech revolution in the early 1990s, first on the business beat at the Washington Post, later at the Wall Street Journal, San Francisco Bureau. She co-founded a legendary tech conference, D, All Things Digital, now called the Code Conference. She's appeared as herself on the HBO series Silicon Valley. She's also the executive editor of her tech media business brand and news site Recode and host of the Recode Decode podcast. Kara Swisher, thanks for joining us. Thanks, Arthur. And by the way, if you have comments about the show or Suggestions for topics, please email me at a closer look at Bloomberg.net. That's a closer look, one word at Bloomberg.net. And follow me on Twitter at Arthur Levitt, one word. This is a closer look with Arthur Levitt. From Silicon Valley to Wall Street, the promise and perils of artificial intelligence are playing out on the world stage. But what will the next phase of AI adoption look like? Which companies from big tech to startups will dominate? And where do the risks and unintended consequences lie? I'm Emily Chang. Join me at Bloomberg Tech in San Francisco, May 9th, to answer many of the industry's burning questions. Alongside SNAP's Evan Spiegel, Xbox President Sarah Bond, OpenAI's Brad Lightcap, top researcher Dr. Fei-Fei Li of Stanford, and many more. More details and just a few tickets left at Bloomberg.com slash TechSF.